Healthy personal boundaries aren't designed to sow division or cut people out of your life. Instead, they define who is worthy of staying in your life. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. And if you're brand new, here's what you need to know. This is a community that believes that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe in the 12th century definition of wealth, which is the condition of well-being. And so every week, We focus on well-being in six pillars, and these are the areas of life that impact our finances, even when we're not thinking about it. If you need to get caught up, and I suggest you do, head to patricewashington.com forward slash start here. Again, the pillars can be broken down for you at patricewashington.com forward slash start here. Before we dive into this week's episode, it's brought to you by our Redefining Wealth private Facebook community. Yes, we have a community of purpose chasers from all over the globe. I don't believe that greatness can be created in isolation. You need people and you need like-hearted, not just like-minded folks around you. So join our free Facebook community at IamAPurposeChaser.com. You'll get to meet purpose chasers who are near you. Yes, in your own country, wherever you are. You can suggest show topics and guests and even get early access to upcoming events and programs. Purpose chasers always know first. So join us at IamAPurposeChaser.com. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from PatriceWashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. In this community, we believe that wealth is so much more than money and material possessions. We believe in the 12th century definition of wealth, which says it's the condition of well-being and happiness. And so we seek to unpack what that really looks like in our everyday life by using what we call the six pillars of wealth. If you're an OG listener or you call yourself a purpose chaser because you've been around here for some time, then you are in for a treat. We are doing a review of the six pillars of wealth this week, next week, and the week after that because there are thousands and thousands of new purpose chasers coming on board every single month. And I think it's really important that you truly understand these six pillars of wealth. If you're brand new, this may not be a review. It's just brand new, but you're here at the perfect time. Each year, we kick off with a series called Results Not Resolutions. Last week, I started with what I call the truth about wealth. And I gave you a little insight about who I am and why this work matters so much to me. Um, My defining moment that started it all. That episode is called The Truth About Wealth and I really suggest you go back and check it out. I gave some homework and that was for you to get clarity around what you want to create in 2021 in each pillar. We have six pillars, the fit pillar, people pillar, space, faith, work, and money. And in each one of those pillars, I want you to have an awareness around who you need to become. What's the next best step you can take to up-level that area of your life? The reason is, really doesn't matter what your big overall goal is for 2021. 
We need to maintain an awareness of all areas because all of them connect and all of them are going to contribute to what we say we want. We're going to have to become someone new, a greater version of ourselves in each one of these pillars in order to attain, let's say it this way, in order to actually get the result, right? The Meet the objective of that end goal and not just keep setting these resolutions that go on and on and on um, year after year, decade after decade. I want you as a purpose chaser, newer old purpose chaser, to finally get what it is you say you want. And so starting this week, I'm going to go deeper into each pillar because I want to make sure that we all have the same clear foundation for why I created the pillars and laid them out in the order that I chose. There's a reason that these are in the order. I've had people question me (laughs) over the last three, three and a half years about why wasn't faith first or how come you don't start with money? You're supposed to be a money person. But I'm laying the pillars out in this way because from my own journey, for sure, but also in the work that I've done with many other folks, it's clear for me, to me, it's clear that each one of these pillars truly builds upon the next in order to get us all to the end result, which is building wealth in whatever way you define that for yourself. And so today, let's jump in to the very first pillar, which is the fit pillar. It's about becoming your best self. So one of the things that I have said for many years since launching now Redefining Wealth is that we have to understand that if we're going to actually achieve the wealth we desire, right? If we have a vision for our lives, then it is imperative that we protect the vessel, the only vessel that we get to execute that vision. And we protect it by paying attention to both our physical health and our mental health. And so in my new book, Redefine Wealth for Yourself, I make it a bit plainer is that, is that how you say that? I make it plain <laughs> because many of you have been hearing me talk about the pillars and I think you have a great overall understanding, but I still see the struggle in my direct messages, in my comments, in my Facebook group, in the emails that you send. I still see the struggle about how to practically make this a reality in your life. And so that's why I wrote Redefine Wealth for Yourself because I wanted to give you action steps. So in your homework, I said, write down a goal in each pillar that you want to achieve for 2021. And then we're gonna talk about how to make it real, like what specific steps you can take. And so let's start with again, this fit pillar and this idea of being first physically fit because people get really annoyed sometimes when they hear, oh, you need to start with physical fitness. But it's imperative because again, you may be praying for opportunities. You may be praying for growth. You may be like me in one season of my life, I was praying, God, enlarge my territory. And the truth is I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe walking around my own neighborhood. I couldn't breathe going up and down the stairs in my townhome. So how could I expect to have an impact on millions? And I wasn't even doing what I needed to do to truly take care of myself. 
Now, if you ask me, I was on my hustle and grind. I was out there doing all I could to expand the brand and to, you know, make the business grow. But that's what many of us do. We team no sleep. We caffeinate. We hustle and grind our way right into the ground. And then what purpose does that serve in the long run? How does that help us fulfill our mission on this earth? How does that help us fulfill the vision that our creator has put on our heart? How does that help us serve the people that we're meant to serve? It doesn't. So one of the action steps you can take, and this is from the book, is to commit to your own process. Listen to this. In my online community, a woman shared a fitness goal of walking 10,000 steps a day. And within minutes, another woman responded, well, I can't do 10,000 steps. I can only do five or 6,000. Rather than focus on her own ability and goals, she immediately went into comparison and found herself lacking. These women didn't know each other at all. The second woman knew nothing about the first, yet she felt like she was somehow in competition with her. When you commit to your own process and set goals specific to where you are now and where you want to be, you don't have to compete against anyone else. When you're not in comparison, you become more courageous. You no longer worry about judgment from the people to whom you might ordinarily compare yourself. Your fitness goals are only determined by you, your current fitness level, and what you want to achieve. When I heard myself say, for what must have been the millionth time, what you verbalize, you magnetize, I realized three small words. I don't run had negatively impacted my life for 20 years. I looked at my daughter and the way she runs all over the house. It comes naturally to her as it does to most kids, as it did to me when I was a kid. I never pinpointed exactly when or why I decided I wasn't a runner. But that thought, I don't run, kept me from being my best possible self for two decades of my life. Finally, I asked myself, why do you keep saying that? You're pretty healthy. You have fully functioning knees and feet. You can run. I stopped comparing myself to other runners and I started running. In the beginning, it took me 17 or 18 minutes to do a mile. Within a year, I got my mile down to about 12 minutes because I committed to my own process without worrying about what anyone else was doing. My goal was to do better than my initial time and I've since become a regular runner. Rather than worry about how fast or strong or fit everyone else is, compete instead against who you were yesterday. Whether you're in the gym or out for a walk, focus on your progress. Be more committed to yourself, to your goals, and to protecting the vessel you need to execute the vision than you are to keeping up with other people. Commit to your own process and let them worry about theirs. Here's your action step. Choose your most important health or fitness goal and define a series of action steps or behavioral changes that will help you achieve it. Regardless of what your friend or your colleague is doing, make sure the steps you spell out suit you. It is imperative that you commit to your own process. It is imperative that you take your physical health seriously. If 2020 taught us nothing else, it taught us how important it is 
to have the best immune system we can possibly have. It doesn't matter how many journals you have filled with ideas. It doesn't matter how long you've prayed and hoped and wished to get to all the things it is you say you want to do. If you're not here, if you don't have the energy, if you don't have the stamina, if you don't have the strength, you're never going to be able to sustain it. Chasing purpose takes work. It takes endurance. It takes digging into another layer of discipline that you may not even know if you have yet. But I know that from over the years, committing to my physical health is definitely a part of what has gotten me to the financial wealth that I experience today. And if you look at most people you might deem successful, there's something, there's something there in their morning routines, in their daily habits that are primarily about their physical health because they know that there's no wealth without health. It's not just something cute to say. There's so many other reminders and lessons in the book, my stories as well as stories of clients who have taken these steps to improve their physical health so that they truly can enjoy this wealth that they say they want. Many of us are working towards things we will never enjoy because we refuse to invest in our physical health today. But what we don't realize is that one way or another, we're going to pay for it. So either it's the gym membership or the nutritionist or the health trainer, it's it's something, the supplements, or it's going to be prescriptions you can't pronounce earlier than you think. One way or another, we're going to pay. And I need you to understand that your purpose requires you to be as healthy as you can possibly be. We understand that accidents happen, but too many of us are dying from diseases that are preventable. And it's time, even in the business world, that we talk more about this and that we take it seriously. And so this is not just about your physical health, though. This is also about your mental well-being. And so one of the lessons that I've shared on this podcast, on stages, on live broadcasts over the years, is that it was so important for me to get clarity around the things that were holding me back mentally. In my work, I know so many women in particular who believe that if they get another degree, if they get more education, if they get the new job, if they do the bigger, better, badder than the next person, that all of a sudden everything will work out. And the truth is, you can check a lot of things off the list and you can achieve all of those things and still be dealing mentally with some childhood trauma that perhaps you haven't addressed. 
and not realized that by not developing a fit mindset, as we call it in the book, and then committing to understanding more about your mental well-being, that you are holding yourself back. It's not everyone else. It's not all of these outside forces. We have to be good mentally in order to pursue and then actually hold the wealth that we say we want. Something that you can do as a practical step to help you develop a fit mindset is to create a daily mantra. This is what I've done and this is what I do. Here's what I say in the book. My husband and I lost all our material wealth, our money, cars, home, real estate investments, and business assets early in the Great Recession. With our properties gone, our businesses defunct, and our matching Range Rovers turned into the dealer, read that as repossessed, (laughs) we had to make some tough decisions. We still had a yellow cargo van we owned outright. The vehicle had a hole in the floor, was covered in residue from old marketing stickers, and had expired tags. If you've ever ridden in a cargo van, you know two things. One, they're drafty, and two, they only have two seats up front. Not only were we cold, but our infant daughter rode in her car seat on the floor of the van because there was no seat to buckle her in. Dangerous, I know, but we did what we had to do at the time. The van could have become our new normal, but Gerald and I were in agreement. Financial struggle wouldn't be our reality forever. We needed the right mindset to keep us going when things looked bleak. To nurture a fit mindset, we created daily mantras to program ourselves for success. When we drove past a beautiful home or past a Range Rover on the street, instead of going into a woe is me story, which we easily could have done, we said out loud, been there, done that on the way back. Our mantra reminded us of what was possible and evidence showed up to confirm our belief. In fact, the first car I purchased after moving to Atlanta was an older model Range Rover. I paid for it by bartering with the owner to do some work as the office manager of her salon. There would have been nothing wrong with shopping for a more modest car. I know that. But driving the Range Rover reminded me I was on my way back up. It was a tangible manifestation of the truth behind our mantra. Even though we never shared our mantra with anyone else, so many people worked with us to help us recover. Because we kept been there, done that on the way back top of mind, we were able to spot unconventional opportunities to earn money during a time when this country's unemployment rate was abysmal. These days, we're no longer on the way back. We're in a much better position than we were before the recession. We made that mantra our reality. Words are powerful, and a mantra isn't some woo-woo manifestation hocus-pocus. The repetition of a daily mantra reprograms your brain to expect more of what you tell it to expect. Scientists estimate your brain produces 70,000 thoughts per day. If you spend 10 or 15 minutes monitoring those thoughts, you might be surprised by how negative some of them can be. However, you have the ability to choose thoughts that serve you, and your mantra can help you do that. The world has already programmed your thoughts. Many of the consistent messages you got from your parents, teachers, church leaders, and society in your childhood and adolescence are wired into your brain through neural connections. 
Because of cognitive bias, humans tend to believe what the people closest to us believe, even in adulthood. Cognitive bias also causes the brain to seek evidence to prove what it already believes and ignore anything that contradicts those old beliefs. So if your fourth grade teacher said you'd never amount to anything and you believed it, your brain might spend a lifetime proving it to be true. In that case, you'll likely struggle to see or take advantage of opportunities to prove the belief wrong. But fortunately, you have neuroplasticity on your side. You can create new neural connections in your brain based on beliefs that serve you. It requires consistency and repetition to override those old beliefs and create new ones. But it's possible when you're intentional about choosing the thoughts you think. Practice a daily mantra to stay focused on your goals and to replace or respond to negative self-talk with something positive. When your brain says you can't, tell it why you can. Use your daily mantra to talk to yourself and convince yourself of what's possible for you. You might find your daily mantra in your own experience, a Bible verse, an inspirational quote, or an affirmation. It doesn't matter where it comes from or who said it. What matters is that it serves to program your brain for success. So here's your redefine wealth for yourself action step. Create your personal mantra. Make sure the statement moves you in a positive direction and resonates with you. Write a short to the point statement like ours or draft something a little longer. Post your mantra where you'll see it or reminders so it pops up on your phone. Develop a habit of saying it out loud to yourself because remember what you verbalize, you magnify and magnetize in your own life. These are two ways that you can start to shift the fit pillar. Doesn't matter what your goal was, but the first thing is for the purposes of results, not resolutions, is that you're going to commit to your own process And then I want you to create your personal mantra. Now, in that first section of the book alone, there's 20 very specific steps that'll help you as you seek to really pursue whatever it is. Again, you said in the fit pillar, but also just everything, right? Because it's all connected. I just wanted to pull out two that you can start with today. You can start with this today. No excuses right? We all have to be better in the fit pillar in order to get to the wealth that we say we want, to ignore our physical and mental health. And we go more into actual mental health as well. But for the purposes of this episode, to ignore our physical and mental well-being and then say that we are so focused on wealth building is a joke. There's no way. There's no way you will have the ability to do it sustainably unless you really connect to this first pillar. Now, after the fit pillar comes the people pillar because relationships are fundamental to true wealth. Without strong professional ties, earning more is always going to be much more difficult than it needs to be. And when your family relationships fall apart, no amount of money can fix them. You're going to have to show up and do the work. Now, fortunately, you have the power to create and sustain relationships that matter. And with the principles that we talk about in that particular section of the book, I am really sharing 
what I truly, truly believe has helped me achieve the success and the wealth that I have today. One of the keys to my ability to build wealth has been my unwavering stance that relationships mean something to me. In a time where people will cancel you, will discard you, will throw you to the wayside, yet do everything they can to claw and climb their way to the top by aligning with quote unquote influencers and people that they think can put them on. I've had the opportunity to see just how much can be accomplished when we carry a genuine spirit to treat people well and to do the right thing and to even navigate conversations with enemies, right? That have the ability to impact how you show up in the world. And so one of the first pieces that I want to share, because in the book, we talk about protecting personal relationships and having allies and, and advocates and how all of this really comes together to allow us to build wealth. And there's one particular one that, that stands out to me right now that I want to share um, because I believe that it's going to help you show up and get the results that you say you want for this year if you really follow it. And it's this one. It's to enforce strong boundaries. April Pace, one of the members of my Mastery Momentum Mastermind, doesn't mess around with her boundaries. Her friends and family know if they have an event on a Sunday, for example, April won't be there. Sundays are sacred to her, and she's communicated this to the people closest to her. She uses the day to plan and prepare for the week ahead, including meal prepping, selecting the week's outfits, and getting organized to take on work tasks. She's firm with this boundary because she realizes that relaxing it one time would open the floodgates for others to disrespect the time she's carved out for herself. At the time of this writing, she was also pregnant with our first Mastery Momentum baby. And these boundaries are no, still serve her now that her baby has been born well as a new mother. To protect personal relationships and honor your personal commitments, you have to put boundaries in place. In her book, Boss Bride, international speaker, coach, and former Essence senior editor, Sherea Jackson says, people don't treat you how you treat them. People treat you how you treat yourself. When you love on yourself and enforce your boundaries, you teach others to do the same. Boundaries are an act of self-love and self-care. And when you choose to honor them, it makes the people and things you choose to allow in your life that much sweeter. You have a right to require people to treat you how you want to be treated. Boundaries allow you to spell out what's acceptable to you. People can then choose to honor your limits or accept the consequences. Your boundaries define how you're willing to spend your most precious resources, including your money, time, and energy. What you will and will not accept in your life and how you'll respond if someone fails to respect those boundaries. You can't necessarily stop a friend from raising her voice at you. But you can set the boundary. When you raise your voice at me, I will end our phone call or leave your presence. You get to decide if you want to actually say that to your friend or not. You can choose to share it with her or keep the new boundary to yourself and quietly enforce it. She may never stop yelling at you, but you'll no longer have to tolerate the undesirable behavior in your life when you set and stick to your boundaries. 
Many of my clients feel guilty when they start to set boundaries. They see them as a punishment for people or a way of putting themselves above others. However, that isn't the case. Personal boundaries are parameters you set to define acceptable ways for people to treat you and how you choose to respond when their behavior falls outside of those parameters. Healthy personal boundaries aren't designed to sow division or cut people out of your life. Instead, they define who is worthy of staying in your life. Your redefine wealth for yourself action step is to use this template to make those difficult conversations easier to have. I apologize for leading you to believe for the last few, insert length of time, days, weeks, months, or years, that X behavior was acceptable to me. The truth is when you do X behavior, I feel this emotion and feeling that way isn't acceptable to me anymore. Thank you for understanding. The reality is you have some things that you wanna get accomplished this year. You wanna get results, but in order to do them, it's gonna mean setting boundaries with people that you love and people you don't even know, quite frankly. But it's not just about setting them, It's going to be about enforcing them. So I want you to think about what you said you wanted to create this year and then what boundaries are you going to put in place in order to make sure you can see that come to life. Now, setting boundaries is going to serve you personally and professionally. But here's another one I think really deserves an honorable mention out of the 20 or so lessons that I have for you from the people pillar. It's to articulate the vision and enroll others. This is a game changer. When I was shooting the Redefining Wealth video series for my website, I needed a makeup artist. I had worked with several, but for different reasons, mostly a lack of punctuality and professionalism, I didn't go with any of them. The creative director suggested someone and I decided to take my chances with this new person rather than rehire someone who wasn't excellent the first time. It turned out to be a great decision. Brittany Ingram showed up early, arriving before the rest of the crew, even though she lived 45 minutes away. From the time she started working, she was attentive and on top of things, including details that didn't fall under the responsibility of a makeup artist. She took initiative and she knew her craft, so no one had to micromanage her. My experience with her was refreshing because too often, people in her industry are more concerned with posting on social media than with taking care of their client. And Brittany was the polar opposite. On the second day of the shoot, Brittany and I talked a bit more as she did my makeup. She described her vision for her future, which included landing a full-time job as a makeup artist so she could stop freelancing as much. The way Brittany showed up made an impression on me. And when producers of a daytime talk show asked if I knew a reliable makeup artist they could hire, I happily referred Brittany for the position. As you've probably guessed, she got the job and realized her vision for a full-time gig. Just as I had the power to bless Brittany with an opportunity, rest assured there's always someone watching you who has the power to bless you. When you show up ready to do good work, people will advocate for you when you least expect it. However, the only reason I was able to help Brittany execute that vision was because I knew what it was. She chose an appropriate time after she had demonstrated value to share her vision with me. She did so without expectation and without asking me for anything in the process. As more people in your circles understand what you're trying to achieve, you increase your chances that someone will step in and help you get there. To enroll people in your vision, abandon this notion that it's better to keep everything to yourself. 
You can't expect people to advocate for you if they don't know what your vision is or can't see you working to realize it. Articulate your vision clearly and consistently without being pushy and then go after it so your actions support your words. When it's appropriate, share your vision with mentors, colleagues, your human resources department, clients, vendors, anyone else in your circle so they're clear about what you want to achieve. The right people will champion you when they see you putting in the work. One note of warning, articulate your vision, but don't expect everyone else to immediately jump on board. When I interviewed musician and creator of Belief in Fatherhood, Glenn Henry, he explained that it wasn't his wife's responsibility to understand his vision before he brought it to fruition. I can't blame my wife for her lack of vision when I haven't manifested anything, he said. It was his responsibility to show her his vision coming to life. Some people will need proof, so articulate your vision, but continue to do all you can to execute it. Here's the action step. Think about where you see your job or your business in the next three, five, or 10 years. What do you ultimately want your work life to look like? Practice sharing your vision with people so you can continue to refine it and communicate it more effectively. And then get busy making it a reality so that they can see and invest in it. And if you've been here for a while, here's what you've heard me say many times before. God knows what you're waiting on when he sees what you're working on. And while many of us have a vision for this year, we haven't laid out any action steps, right? Until now, of course. But this is what has happened year after year, which is why we make resolutions but don't get results. We don't really start to lay out action steps to do the work to get there. And then we get upset because people won't quote unquote support us. But we haven't even refined this idea of what we wanted and then learned how to articulate it effectively. That part is on us. And so in order for you to get where you say you want to go, This year, I keep reminding you that this is not about what anyone else wants, where you say you want to go. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to set boundaries so that it's not about your job not allowing you to get the thing you want. It's not about anyone else, anything else getting in your way. You're going to set boundaries and enforce them, right? And then you're going to learn to articulate the vision, in an effort to enroll others. Not everyone will be able to help you directly, but the help that I've gotten even indirectly, the ideas, the, hey, did you see this? Have you heard of this? Look at what I just saw. Is this what you were talking about? All of that connects in this idea of creating relationships that matter. In order to build the wealth that you desire, People are going to be a part of the process. If you think that you can do this alone, you are sadly mistaken. Sadly mistaken. Everything that I have, every piece of notoriety that I've experienced, every big opportunity that I've had, it hasn't come from pitching. It hasn't come from pushing. It hasn't come from trying to kick in doors. I've literally been walked in by people who understood the vision, who understood what I was trying to create, or who saw more in me than I saw in myself, 
but because they saw me showing up consistently, delivering value and doing the work, they went out of their ways to make opportunities happen for me in the same way that I've done for others. It's not that people don't want to support you. Perhaps they don't know how. And so in the book, I'm really laying out different action steps that you can start to take so that you can build allies and advocates, so you can have conversations with people who even deem themselves your enemies. Or even if it's not worthy of a conversation or you can't have a conversation, there's still some mindsets that we need to shift around this idea of having enemies. I think it's so funny when people say, you don't have haters. No, not true. Some people do. (laughs) You can have haters. Here's what I've realized. When people don't have a vision for their own life, if they don't have a plan to execute in order to accomplish a vision for their own life, they have all the time in the world to distract you from yours. That's the truth. And so the boundaries and the clarity and the ability to navigate these conversations are so imperative as you look to build wealth. We are who we are because of the people we surround ourselves with. And this year, you're going to realize that some people that you're trying to drag into 2021, you should have left in 2020. And there's some folks who want to support you and you haven't created the space to allow them to do that. And so because I want you to get results, I want you to have awareness. I want you to have awareness around it all. So this is your homework. Meet me in the Redefining Wealth community Facebook group because we're posting these questions and I want you to see that you're not alone. You're not the first, right? There are purpose chasers from all over the world who are on this journey with you going through these steps and together we're going to do better this year. Together we're going to do better. We're going to have better. We're going to be better, but it takes doing the real work, not just thinking about it, I know you may be driving, you may be on the treadmill, you may be listening at work, but I want you to come to the Facebook group so you can see the questions laid out and answer them honestly. Do them in your journal, but also do them in a space so you have accountability. That's another piece of the people pillar that I can't go into now, but I talk about a lot in the book. Abundance requires accountability and I'm giving you a free space to do it. So come on over. You can get to the Facebook group if you go to IamAPurposeChaser.com. IamAPurposeChaser.com. Just fill out the quick little form. It'll bring you over to the Facebook group. And also, if you haven't pre-ordered your copy of Redefine Wealth for yourself, what are you waiting for? Get one. PatriceWashington.com forward slash pre-order. That's patricewashington.com forward slash pre-order. The book comes out in March. Go ahead and reserve your copy. I'm giving you a heads up. There's no need to wait until March to start to get the results you desire. This year, it's about results, not resolutions. Let's make it happen. I'll see you in the Facebook group. I'll see you in Instagram. I'm at Seek Wisdom PCW. And until then, do your homework (laughs) because I want you to live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later.